Well, good morning. Many thanks to all of you for being with us today. It seems that if we were all just here and did the same gathering of family and friends and mourning the death of a loved one, it's because we did. And if you spent any great time of, great deal of time with Patricia and Peter, you would have had expected all this to have happened in the time that it did. See, I can still see Poppy sitting there in the first pew at mom's funeral, mostly confused, but with a sense that he was saying goodbye for now to his beloved wife. It's hard to believe that it was only six months ago mom was diagnosed with brain cancer and died eight weeks later. But then, should we not be surprised that she would go first to the communion of saints so she could put the finishing touches on the preparation for daddy? I mean, after all, we know how important it was that his cup of coffee be just right. Many of us can still remember having to make the decision to place dad at Lebanon Valley home within weeks of mom dying so he could receive the care he so greatly needed. Let me take a minute just to thank the entire staff at LVH. I don't know if any of them are here today, but their incredible care that they gave dad was, was just unbelievable. In all my years of interacting with nursing homes, I've never witnessed a facility that shows such care, dedication, and love for their clients, and our family's most grateful. So once dad got settled there, truth be told, we were filled with great anxiety as we had to go tell mom where dad was placed. But I guess we should not be surprised with the response that she gave when she took a deep breath and she exclaimed how happy she was that he was going to be cared for, that she no longer had to worry about him. See, for her, that was her entire life, love of God and love of husband. So it made so much sense that after Pat died, we would often hear Dad say that he wanted to go home. And it took us a bit of time to realize that his home was self-defined as to wherever Pat was. Home was and is where they reside together. This was made even clearer this past week when all of us were sorting through photos, looking for pictures of Pete, only to find the vast majority of them had pictures of mom in it as well. Pat and Peter have been part of my life for some 40 years. So when I sat to put my thoughts together, it was the earlier stories of Pete that come to mind. Like one of the first times I came over to the house for a cookout and dad went out to grill the hamburgers and Teresa and all her sisters rushed me and said, get out there and take over the cooking. I'm like, really? But it was then and many times afterwards dining at their home, I was reminded how much mom and dad thoroughly enjoyed their food, overcooked and burnt. Then there was the time that a new queen bed arrived at the house and was unable to be carried up the narrow staircase. So Pete, of course, takes his old wooden block and tackle and rigs it to the edge of the roof, which it fell and almost killed his friend Mario, in order to hoist the bed through the window of the second floor that he had to take out. But after hours, success was finally found and the bed made it in. It was the one July summer day Teresa and I were in Anvil and watched as Dad was preparing the boat and other stuff just the night before he and Mom were to take off for their annual trip to Ocean City. 
It was the first time I had witnesses. I'm looking at Teresa like, does this go on? She goes, it goes on every year like this. Soon it was dark, the spotlights are out. Dad's there with a welding gun. He's welding the trailer together, filling the air with tires, hoping it would make the round trip. And all the while, mom's in the background going, daddy, daddy. But surely most of my memories sit with the 20 summers we were able to enjoy their presence at our Cape May home. Just about every morning started the same. After coffee, mom and dad packed their day bag and they took the boat to go out fishing. Day in and day out. And when they would bring back flounder that they caught, you guessed it, it was fried and then baked and then cooked. So it was like a piece of leather but they loved every minute of it. Indeed, they spent many, many hours in their boat, just enjoying time with each other with rod and reel in hand. Dad would usually anchor at one of his favorite spots, and sometimes the tide would go out, and Mom would have to get out and push the boat. <laughs> but more often than not, they successfully cruised around place to place, looking for the right spot for a plentiful catch for the day which brings us to this gospel reading we just heard. It's nearly the entire 21st chapter of the book of John. The passage picks up where only weeks before Peter was in the courtyard and thrice denied even knowing the Lord. Then after the crucifixion, we're told that Peter, after reaching the tomb, only to find it empty, was amazed but left for home and returned to his occupation as a fisherman. So we find Peter floating the Sea of Tiberias with a handful of seemingly dispirited, dispirited disciples, fishing all day and into the night and catching no fish. And one has to wonder what's running through his mind. He loved Jesus very much. He followed him around in his ministry. He witnessed a great many miracles. He sat at the table of the Last Supper where he was told, do this and remember me. And then his world collapsed. Peter denies his friend, sees him crucified, is confused about what this resurrection is all about, and seems confused about his own mission and direction in life. So he just journeys back, runs away, and hangs back at home and fishes. So as we all sit here today with heavy hearts and broken spirits and exhausted bodies, and head still spitting about all that's taken place these past months, my question for all of us is, where do we fit into this story? How does all this relate to us and our lives? See, it's still hard to believe that on this past 4th of July, just about all was right with mom and dad. Certainly both slowing down a little bit. Dad may be a little bit more confused than before. Five days later, mom's diagnosed with brain cancer. Weeks later, we placed dad in a nursing home. So the, for the past months, countless times, many of us have felt like Peter on his boat, catching no fish, not sure where to go or what to do next, as we still deal with the liminal space of mom's death and now the darkness of the night as we bury dad. So it can become so easy to just walk away from it all and return to our old ways of doing things. 
to return to our old comfortable fishing holes where we indeed continue to catch nothing. You see, in this gospel, dawn breaks on a new day, and a man calls out from the shore and tells the boat of the empty-handed seasoned fisherman, cast your nets over on the other side of the boat. And immediately their net becomes so filled they can barely hold their catch. With that, Peter, recognizing it's the Lord on shore, jumps into the water and swims to him. As the disciples bring the boat ashore, Christ calls out to them to carry over some of the catch he's prepared. He makes a meal. He feeds them. After they finish their breakfast, Jesus puts Peter to the threefold question, do you love me? Peter understood, of course, why the question was asked of him three times. It's the number of his own denials. But there's more to this question and answer than just Christ's forgiveness of Peter. For each time... Peter affirms his love for the Lord. Christ responds with the command, feed my sheep. Stop running around. Stop doing what's not working. To go and take care and do what's needed for care of yourself. And then care for your family. And then finally care for others. But it begins with yourself. This is why Jesus calls them to his table and shares with them a meal made from a bountiful catch that was obtained from the opposite side of the boat. So as our family deals with processing the death of two parents in less than six months and still tackling the life challenges that come at us every day, it's an opportunity for us to begin to look and see what we need to do differently. For mom and dad have now been reunited back at home which means for our family, the generations no longer, and our lives are changed forever, thereby challenging and empowering the next generations to make time to remember, to learn, to transform, and to grow, and to pass on healthy wisdom to the youngest among us. For as this gospel reminds us, there are two sides to the boat. As much as we want to be like the disciples in the gospel and run off and continue to do the same thing that we've always been doing and fishing off the favorite side of the boat, which really isn't working, we're called to turn ourselves around and to begin fishing off the other side by taking the necessary steps to make the changes that are needed, which will feed our mind, our body, and our soul, and in turn give us the ability to nurture others in Christ. For as it was for Peter in the gospel, as well as Peter, our daddy, and our poppy that we bid farewell to today, and one day it will be for you and for me, our faith reminds us that the time will come when we will all be reunited with our loved ones as we face the risen Lord, this Jesus the Christ, who reaches out and reconciles all things and all people within him, and says, welcome home, good and faithful servant. Welcome to the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And to that we all say, Amen. Amen.